Well, I'd like to greet you in the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today I'm going to be sharing about the power of your words. You know, Christianity is known as the great confession. There's great power in the words that come out of our mouths. And today we're going to see that actually uh, your mouth will determine your future. What's coming out of your mouth determines your future. And so if you want a better future, then you need to start speaking today better things. You know, if you want to know where you're going to be in five years' time, see what you're saying today. You see why? Because there's power in your words. In fact, the first time that God spoke in the Scriptures, the Bible says that He said, let there be light, and there was light. And this shows us an incredible principle that actually words, first and foremost, are used for creation, not for communication. We tend to think it the other way around. We understand that we use words to communicate with others, but actually our words create things. They literally get clothed with flesh in the future, just as the word became fleshed, or they become reality in our lives sooner or later. And so I like to say this, that you cannot speak of defeat if you want to have the victory, okay? You cannot speak of lack and need if you want to have an abundant supply in your life. You cannot just speak of the problem, okay? You've really got to start declaring out the solution, the blessing that God has provided for you in Scripture. And so we'll take a look at some of these well-known proverbs that show us how uh, the, the, the power of our tongue and how actually we have a power in every word that comes out of our mouths. And I'm hoping that through today's short teaching, you're really going to take control of what's coming out of your mouth because I want the best for you. So it all starts with this teaching about changing the words that are leaving your mouth. Now, here in Proverbs 12 and 14, the scripture says, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. And I love this word, satisfied. You're going to be satisfied. You know, somebody who's satisfied is somebody who's content, who's achieved, who's relaxed, who's got his dreams. Uh, they've come to pass. He's become satisfied. You don't need to be like one of those rock and rollers who say, I can get no satisfaction. No, you can get satisfaction. Uh, why? Because you get good through the fruit of your mouth. And another proverb, 13 and 2, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. Hallelujah. And again, coming forward here, another proverb says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. You want an abundant life? You want a full life? It's all about the produce of your lips. Now listen to this well-known scripture. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's what we're talking about here, the power of your tongue, of your words. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. So really, uh, you have a choice for your future, death or life, blessing or cursing, good things or bad things. Okay, that's all uh, your choice. It's interesting that the Bible tells us that God says to his people, I place before you death and life, choose life. 
You see, God gives us options in life, okay? He shows us which is the right one. I place before you death and life. Then he says, that's the right one. Choose the life one. But he can't do it for us, okay? So he's not going to control your tongue. That's the bit that you have to do, okay? That's where your free will comes into being, that you have to say back to God what you want. But when you choose life, then life becomes yours, okay? When you choose blessing, blessing becomes yours. But you have to verbalize it, okay? It's not just about sitting there looking at the options. You actually have to make a choice. And you choose in Scripture by the confession of your lips. You choose to be saved. The Bible says you believe in your heart and then you confess with your mouth. It's that process of believing and speaking that produces a blessing, that produces your reality, both eternal and temporal here on the earth. So make sure you understand this principle. It's the result of the tongue, of the mouth. There's power in your words, more power than you could have ever imagined. Now, uh, normally, when we think of this, uh, we, we, we tend to think, okay, well, that's a, a spiritual principle but I want you to apply this to everyday life, not just eternal things. So be careful about what you say uh, about your marriage, about your finances, about your children, because in the end, everything you say, you will get. It's interesting in my country, my culture, we tend to, or you hear parents call their children things like, you little monkey, oh, you naughty little thing. But actually, you have to be careful with that because what you're doing is you're cementing an identity into the child that they are monkeys. Now, getting a little bit deeper into British culture, if you've read any of the Mowgli stories, um, you'll know that Rudyard Kipling showed that the monkeys were the naughty thieves of the jungle that nobody else respected. And so really, that's what you're affirming into your child's life. You say, well, Pastor, can't I correct my child? Yes, you must indeed correct your child. But you don't make the child's identity something that it's not because he is actually a man of God, a woman of God in formation. So you say something different such as, hey, you're a young man of God. Stealing something or cheating there isn't appropriate for you. You know that. So by you affirm the identity, but you still address the issue. So be careful what you say about your wife, your husband, okay? The way you honor somebody, really important in a marriage. You know, the Bible says that Sarah called her husband Abraham Lord. She treated him with respect. And because she did that, he treated her as a Lord and treated her as a lady. You understand? So when the wife understands that her husband is the king in the household, then that will make him act in a kingly and noble manner. But likewise, a king would never be married to a servant. A king would be married to a queen. That's the only thing appropriate. And so, dear wife, if you treat your husband as a king, then you can be sure he will treat you as a queen. And of course, that's wonderful because it means that if the queen desires to wear these clothes or to eat in that restaurant or to go to that certain place, then it's the king's delight to please the queen. But everything comes through this principle of words, how you treat one another with words. You speak and then you get what you speak about. Hallelujah. So you need to start learning to saying, I'm blessed, I'm highly favored. Wherever I go, wherever my feet tread, God has given to me as my inheritance. Hallelujah. Now, obviously, we're not denying the fact that there aren't times of real battle and difficulty. And when that comes along, there's always a temptation to complain, 
to speak about the problem, okay, instead of speaking to the problem. It's just the common way the natural mind always defaults to that. But actually, when problems come your way, you should be declaring something else, what you, not what you're seeing, but what you want to see okay then you will have the fruit of your lips if you just agree with what you're seeing then it's not going to change it could even get worse but if you speak out and declare what you want to see you're releasing power creative power to change that situation hallelujah so you can be declaring things like all things cooperate all things work together for my good okay when problems come your way you can speak it out and that will allow the spirit of god to make those things uh, come in line for your good hallelujah because you can know that actually whatever battle you're going through is a battle that god will go through you with you amen so if you declare that this battle is not mine it is the lord effectively by speaking it you're giving uh, space you're giving an invitation for the lord to come in and fight things on your behalf hallelujah okay now here's my first thought to share with you today uh, we need to bless ourselves with words now if you look here in Ephesians 4 and 29 one of the most wonderful scriptures that's rarely dwelt upon it says let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth okay corrupt is something that destroys okay something that brings down but what is good and necessary for edification? So words that build up, okay? You should control your tongue to make sure that you're not bringing things down, but you're building things up in your communications and what you're facing in life. Speak out these words of prophesying into your future. Uh, but the scripture goes on, that it may impart grace, grace to the hearers. Wow. That's absolutely fantastic. You know, the word of grace is the thing that transforms others. People don't get changed. You won't be able to change your husband or your wife or your children by pointing a finger at all their mistakes and all their problems and speaking down at them. Or even saying, yeah, that's who you are. You'll never change. No, it's the word of grace that creates the atmosphere that allows somebody to change. It's the word of grace that sets people free it's that loving word of unconditional love when you're gracious with people when you're gracious with words hallelujah i've noticed that with children when we're gracious to them it literally allows them gives them space to grow up and to be mature people now we all understand that in terms of speaking to others imparting grace to others being gracious with others but i want to say this to you today you need to apply the same principle uh, to yourself you need to speak grace to yourself okay do you believe what you say to others okay well what you know the, the, if you tr if you speak badly to them then you'll probably get a bad reaction well what about when you speak to yourself you see you've got to start building yourself up with your own words as well because many thoughts will come to our minds okay and a lot of those thoughts can be very negative you're just driving along in your car, walking along in the street, sitting at your desk, everything's going fine and suddenly a thought will come and it kind of rocks you, okay? Some negative thought. You remember something that someone said or someone did and suddenly you, your emotions change and suddenly out of your mouth you're agreeing with that thought and that emotion and really what's happened is that that negativity that came into you, you're now expressing to others and that's just making the situation a whole lot worse. 
I like to say this, you can't stop a thought landing into your mind, but you can certainly bring it into captivity and cast it out. So in other words, don't verbalize the negative. Don't allow that thought to take root. If you think about it, uh, you can't stop a bird coming and landing on your head. If you go to London and all those pigeons come and land on your head, as they often do, you may have seen it in photographs, but uh, you can certainly stop a pigeon from nesting in your hair. Why? Well, you can just, you know, push it off. And exactly the same with negative thoughts. If they come, don't verbalize them. Hang on. Sometimes it's difficult. I agree. You've got to kind of seal your lips. Sometimes you've got to walk out of the room so that something negative doesn't come out of your mouth. Sometimes that's the best thing to do. Rather than stick around and get into some sort of verbal fight if you disagree on something, just walk out, cool off. Wait until you can impart grace to others and impart grace to yourself, okay? You may feel like you've messed up in the past and you still beat yourself up. No, you're under the blood of Jesus now. Your past has disappeared. It's been redeemed. It's been washed away. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. When God looks at you, he doesn't see you with your faults and your failures. He doesn't see you in your sins. No, you have now been made pure by the washing of the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. You're a new creature in the eyes of God. Amen. So you need to start speaking that out about yourself as well. Some people wake up in the morning and they're already attacked by negative thoughts about themselves, about their, their, their partner, about their kids, about their situation. It's kind of like they wake up and it's like negative thoughts attack them like wild animals in a jungle. Please, okay, push those things back. Speak out the blessing of God. Arise from your bed, get into your shower and declare, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And you'll find that your day starts to fill with joy and it becomes a day that's consecrated to the Lord and full of the blessings of the Lord. Amen. So if you feel intimidated or insecure or disqualified about a situation, declare that you are able to succeed in every area of life. Okay, that's how you deal with it. When you sense that negativity, that intimidation, that's the moment to speak and change things. Change yourself. You know, I heard of a lady who used to look into the mirror each and every day and she would see her image there and she'd say, boy, you're looking good today. Uh, and then some, some days she would have particularly bad mornings. She'd wake up and she would look into the mirror and she would say, even though her face wasn't smiling, she would say, boy, you're looking really, really good today. You see, she was changing her situation by the words that she said. So everything that you have in your life is a result of a confession or a declaration that you said yesterday, yesteryear, okay? You have to speak things out before you see them. I remember when I was a a single missionary evangelist and I would travel around different countries. I first of all worked out in Asia, in the Philippines, in Sri Lanka and other places. And then I came back to the UK and I started to do evangelistic crusades using a big tent. And sometimes people would come up and ask me, pastors, are you married? And I would say, no, but she's on the way. I would have a row of chairs up at front when I would, where I would sit and pray before I'd get up to speak. And I'd always leave a 
a chair empty at my side and people come up and say, is anybody sitting here? And I would say, well, yes, yes, my wife. And they would say, but you're not married. And, and I said, yeah, well, I'm not married yet, but she's on the way and I'm not quite sure when she's going to arrive, but this chair is reserved for her. I spoke and I was blessed. In the same tent, some years later, my wife walked in and since then she's never left that chair. Hallelujah. So perhaps if you're single today, just speak it out. My wife, my husband, he's on the way. Hallelujah. And for sure, he will materialize. Amen. You never really know how long these things are going to take. And why is that? Well, words are like seeds, the Bible says. And seeds uh, produce plants or trees. And as you know, some of those plants grow quickly and others more slowly. When I was a boy, I remember planting daffodils. Wow, they shoot up in no time. It's absolutely wonderful. But then I read later on about the bamboo tree. And actually, I don't think it even shows a shoot for the first two years. It ro its roots go down deep. But then only after two years does it appear. But the amazing thing about the bamboo tree is that once it appears, it literally grows almost so that you can see it growing with the visible eye. So fast does it grow, but it takes time. Uh, just keep speaking out until you see the fruit of your lips. Now, we're going to look at another famous scripture now in James chapter 3 and verse 4. And this shows us how the tongue works. It tells us that the tongue is like a ladder. And the scripture says, Look also at ships. Even though they are so large and they are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. You're the pilot, okay? Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Wow. Hallelujah. This is such an incredible picture that the Apostle James is painting. He says that even though a ship can be huge, a massive uh, ocean vessel, and even though winds may be strong, it is the small rudder underneath it that sets the direction. Okay, so it's a small part of your body that directs the whole of your life. I'm not just talking about your physical body, but literally everything around you. Okay, and this tongue will give direction to where you want to go. Where do you want to go in life? Where do you want to arrive? You see, you've got to get a mental picture of that and speak it out. And that will direct all your forces, all your energy into that direction. You see, you can control your tongue. And as you control your tongue, you control the direction that you go in and therefore the future that you will have. Maybe you're not satisfied today with where you're at. I'm giving you a key. Speak out where you want to be out today. Hallelujah. Might take a, a little time, but you will get to your destination. Hallelujah. Why? Because you've learned the principle of the fact that there is power in your tongue. See, we need to do this with our family, with our children. We need to declare that they will all serve the Lord, just as Joshua did. Me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. That should be almost a daily confession in your family over your children. You need to agree with God. Ephesians 1 and 3 says, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Wow! Speak that out and you'll find that these blessings just come to you uh, so much more easily. When you're feeling pressurized and overwhelmed by life, don't agree with that. Declare that I've been made the head and not the tail. Hallelujah! 
or if you're you know struggling to pay a bill or or you know you've got financial trouble declare of your life the windows of heaven are open over me and God will pour out such a blessing that I won't be able to contain it you see all those things are declared in the Word of God and what you're doing is you're speaking out what's being promised and by doing that they become yours it's the power of the amen, the power of the so be it. When you say amen to a promise, when you speak it out, it becomes yours. Now coming back to this scripture here, uh, let's think together. A, a, a great ship, a, a vessel could be carrying valuable goods, uh, maybe petrol or minerals or equipment. I live in Brazil now and so I know a little bit about the days of imperialism and how the imperial powers would come over to the Americas and, and literally load up their ships with gold and silver and precious stones and so great worth in those ships. And today, of course, so many tankers cross the oceans full of uh, black gold, of petroleum and other goods. So these ships are very, very valuable things, okay? But unless the captain directs it correctly, it could all be lost. I'm here to tell you that you are carrying valuable goods, so much more valuable than a tanker on the high seas. You are packed full of gifts and abilities and dreams and anointing and potential. You are a multi-million dollar man or woman, a billion dollar, the, 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 what went into you to make you, the ability, the capacity, the potential that lies latent within you, that you're developing each and every day. You see, that makes you destined for success. It, you know, these things will take you and your family to the next level, to write history, to leave a mark on this generation and the next. You see, God has fully loaded you. Hallelujah. The question is, are you going to arrive at your destination? See, when you speak of need and lack and poverty and trouble, effectively, that will take you in the wrong direction. But when you speak of God's supply, His goodness, His unmerited favor, His love for you, then that will take you in the right direction. It's all about whether you agree with what God declares. Hallelujah. You see, you don't want to have all that potential and let it go to waste. You've got to actually use that, take that potential and make sure it gets to the right place at the right time. And you do that by speaking out, my God shall supply all of my needs through his riches in glory. Speak that and you're always moving in the right direction. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Wow, speak that out and those things become a reality. You see, you're getting to your destination. You're taking your ship to the right port. Huh? Speak out the other thing, the negative thing. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to get through. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I've got so little. All that will keep you out on the high seas and maybe even take you onto the rocks so that you never arrive. Please, I'm telling you today, change the confession of your mouth. There's power in your words. Now here comes the second principle now. Speak before you see the result. That's faith. You know, Joel 3 and 10 says, let the weak say I am strong. Wow, that sounds like such a contradiction. I mean, you could criticize the scripture 
you could say God's trying to deceive people. How can the weak person say that I'm strong? This is a load of lies. Uh, you're deceiving people. You're blinding people, giving them false expectations and wrong hope. No, you see, this is a biblical principle. You have to speak before you see. So when you're feeling weak, you declare I'm strong and that makes you strong. When you're feeling broke or you've got no money in your bank account or in your pockets or whatever, instead of agreeing with what the bank account says, say, I believe God has supplied all of my needs. I'm the head and not the tail. I've got more than enough. And then that takes you from your pace of poverty into a place of prosperity. And Jesus taught this in Mark, another great scripture that many people know, Mark 11 and 23. And the scripture says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. So he's talking about how faith works. And remember, faith is the currency of heaven. It's the way that heaven's power works. Heaven's blessing comes through faith and then explains how faith works. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, okay, not an apostle, but whichever one of us can be anybody, all right? Whoever says, now watch the word there, says, not thinks, not meditates, not wonders, but says to this mountain. So he's not saying, he's not talking about the mountain, he's talking to the mountain. The person who opens their mouth and says to the mountain, which obviously in scripture represents a problem, just as a giant represents an enemy. So whoever says to their problem, be removed and be cast into the sea, get out of my life, get out of my land, get out of the scenery, okay, and does not doubt in his heart. So here we have believing and speaking again, but believes that those things he says will be done. Watch this. He will have whatever, whatever, whoever gets whatever, whatever he says. Wow, doesn't that not just open up an infinite amount of possibilities for you and for your future? Hallelujah. You see, God, this is the way God works. This is a principle of scripture. You know, I received, I sometimes receive messages from people who want to disagree and criticize the things that I teach. I had somebody get in touch with me recently saying that I was teaching Eastern mysticism when I'm talking about the power of the confession, the power in your mouth. But you have to understand this isn't my idea. This is scripture. This is the way God has deemed to bring his blessings into people's lives. It's the way that he has said your free will shall work. He's made now all things available through Christ Jesus. He's done everything. It's a finished work. He's redeemed mankind. He's resolved the human problem. He's taken upon himself the curses of man and now through his resurrection he's released the blessings for man so that we can have an abundant life, a long life and an eternal life. Everything's there. But the one way he said that this will come into our lives is when we believe and when we speak. Hallelujah. This isn't Eastern mysticism. This is biblical response. This is the way that God uh, has created mankind to express his own free will. And by doing so, that's how he gets his blessing to his people. Please do these things and you'll see that they work for you. Now, another great scripture here uh, that I wanted to quote to you is in Jeremiah 1 and 7. And here you can see how the Lord needed to correct Jeremiah, just as he needs to correct many of us today. And the scripture says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, 
I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. I called you. I separated you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Let's just stop there. I'm talking to you today. You know, this is Old Testament, okay? But in the New Testament, things have changed. In the Old Testament, God anointed uh, certain groups of people, prophets, priests, and kings primarily, okay? And it was just a few of them. In the New Testament, now we are a kingdom of priests. We are all prophets and kings to the Lord God. So this is a scripture, not just for Jeremiah, but for you and for me today. We have been ordained, sanctified, separated to be a prophet, to be a mouthpiece for the Lord for our generation and to the nations. And then this is Jeremiah's response. Said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot... I cannot, it's impossible, I cannot speak for I am a youth, okay? I don't have the experience, I don't have the age, I don't have the capacity. He came up with a list of excuses. But, thank God the scripture doesn't end there, but the Lord said to me, so here comes the Lord's correction, his loving fatherly correction. He said, do not say I am a youth. He literally rebuked him for the words of his mouth. Don't say that, he said, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Wow. So here you can see that God is saying to him, look, you've got to stop speaking that. I've called you to be a prophet. You won't be able to influence the nations. You won't be able to bring creative power, transforming power to your life and to other people's lives if you come up with this list of negative excuses. All you need to do is speak what I tell you to speak. Or in other words, speak in agreement to what I say to you. Look what it says in verse 9 here. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Hallelujah. Perhaps people around you, instead of lifting you up and edifying you, okay, have pushed you down with their words. Forget their words. Just speak out what the word of God says to you. I'm going to give you another example of this because the Lord really wants to correct us in this area of what we speak. There's so much power in it, more power than we imagine, which is why he put these stories in Scripture to help us see the power of our own mouths. Okay, In this example, if you remember Zachariah, who was the father of John the Baptist. Now, interestingly, his name means God remembers. Remember that. Okay, And he was married to Elizabeth, or we say in Latino, Isabel, or Isabella. And Elizabeth literally means promise of God. So God connected these two people, okay, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. So he connected God remembers with God's promise. God remembers his promise in that union. And they gave birth to who? John the Baptist. Now John means God is gracious. So God remembers his promise and brings grace to his people. This is the gospel story because John announced the coming of the Lord. Now I want to read exactly what is written there in chapter 1 of Luke and how this was announced to him. The scripture says, And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold... You will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Wow, so interesting. So God wanted to bring grace to his people, 
but he couldn't get Zachariah to agree with him. Zachariah said, I don't know how that's going to happen. I think that's impossible. He began to doubt. He began to speak negatively. So the angel quickly silenced him. He said, I'm going to make you mute because if you speak out these negative things, then the positive won't come into being. Uh, John won't be born and then the Messiah won't be able to come because he needs a way preparer, somebody who prepares the way for the coming of the Lord. So God had to silence him in order to get the promise to come to pass. Once the baby was born, he could release his tongue once again. You know, sometimes God wants to do the same thing for us. He's got such blessing. He's shown us dreams and visions. It's just that we don't agree with him. We speak something else. And so the best thing that we could do is actually zip up, shut up. If you remember the incredible story of Joshua as they uh, entered the promised land and the first city that they came across was Jericho and God uh, appeared to Joshua as he was looking at the great walls, wondering how on earth they were going to conquer that people. And God's came to him and he spoke to him and gave him this instruction to walk around with all his priests and the soldiers around the city six days once a day and then on the seventh day seven times. But interestingly, he commanded the people to be silent as they walked. Seems kind of strange, kind of mystical. They walked around in complete silence. But why did God command that? I'll tell you why. Because no doubt those Israelite people, having come through the desert, and now seen this fortified city with huge walls and an enemy of trained professional soldiers standing on the top, ready to do battle with them, no doubt many of them would have been afraid. No doubt many of them would have wondered, oh, I don't know if we're going to win this battle. Many of them perhaps would have resorted to the negative confession of their fathers, that it would have been better of them to remain in Egypt. And that would have brought defeat in the mouth of victory. God was about to give them victory, but they'd have talked themselves out of it. So God said, tell them to be quiet until I tell them to shout. See, this is such an important principle. Hallelujah. I'm not here to say that you're not going to go through challenges, but if you do, rather than speak out the challenge, speak out the blessing, at best don't say anything until you confess something positive. Hallelujah. It's been a many, very difficult past year for many people, but we have promises such as Psalm 65 and verse 11, where the scripture says, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Hallelujah. Speak that out about these coming 12 months, okay? And you'll see that actually life gets better. You can be blessed in a time of crisis. Hallelujah. Now, the third thought, and bringing this all to a head now, that I want to share with you, is that faith is a lifestyle. And when I say faith, this question of speaking out positively, okay, understanding the power of your words and therefore speaking out prophetically and positively, you need to make that a lifestyle. And in Psalms 35 and 27, we can see what the Lord says. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually 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 sometimes you've got to say it more than once you've got to keep going in fact you've got to keep asking until it comes to pass i love what jesus said in the in the gospels he said ask and it shall be given to you seek and you shall find knock 
and the door shall be opened. You know, that word there, ask, is a continual present. You ask until it will be given to you, okay? And if the asking, you don't see it, then go to seeking, so you intensify and if the seeking doesn't get it, then go to knocking. So it's kind of like you ask quietly, then you raise your voice, and then in the end you're just declaring it in faith, but you don't stop until you get the blessing. So let them say continually, and what should they say? Listen to this. Let the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant? Wow. You know, God has pleasure in you prospering. And obviously I'm talking more than just money, although that's important. God wants to bless you financially he wants you to prosper why because when you're blessed you can be a blessing you're called to be a fountain of blessing here on earth i like what john wesley said he said money can be exchanged for medicine for the sick clothes for the naked food for the hungry people with money can be so much more uh, of a blessing than people without so god has pleasure in that obviously we're not saying serve money no serve man of course not make money your servant but god wants you to bless you just as he blessed david but not still not lose your passion for the lord okay who are constantly magnifying god so we should declare always the good things of god okay we need to declare and speak blessing over ourselves. And let's look at Joshua quickly as well as we come to a head here. But Joshua chapter 1, this principle once again comes out. This is God speaking to Joshua right at the beginning of his ministry. This, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. There it is. Not just your head, but your mouth. See, you're going to meditate it day and night, but it's going to be in your mouth that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, okay, if you do it, if it gets into your mouth, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Hallelujah. If you're next to somebody right now, tell them, say to them, get this word into your mouth. Don't just think, don't just read, declare. Things happen when you declare, when you speak out. Another great example of this is of course that wonderful miracle of healing in the new covenant in the new testament and uh, if you remember there was a woman with an issue of blood and she heard that jesus was coming by she'd spent all her money on doctors her situation was getting worse but then the bible says in mark chapter 5 and verse 28 that she said if only i may touch his clothes I shall be made well. She said that before she touched him. She made the de declaration, the confession, before it happened. In her sickness, she prophesied her health. You see, she was down and out, but she had one thing left, and that was faith. She exercised her faith. She spoke it out. And by doing so, it brought the healing into her life. Hallelujah. There's so many of these principles. Psalm 91 as well says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress in him will I trust. And because the psalmist says it, then those very blessings come into his life. Hallelujah. Another great principle, just to wrap up, is of course Abraham. He was sterile. His wife, uh, Sarah, was sterile and they couldn't have kids, but God changed their name. Abraham, Abraham became Abraham, father of nations. Wow. He spoke into being the fact that now he was going to be not just a father, but a great father, a father of nations. Sarah or Sarah, uh, Sarah went to Sarah, and Sarah means princess. I tell you, a princess is not a wife without children. No, 
Uh, in those days, it was kind of like seen as a negative thing if you were barren, all right? But a princess was somebody who was favored. So God said, you're my favored one. You're my princess. And in doing, changing her name, literally, she then was able to become pregnant and get the fruit of the promise of God. And thinking again, going back to those Old Testament ways, we have positive examples and negative examples. The 10 spies who went in to check out the land of Israel before the children of God went in. 10 of the spies, there were 12, 10 of them came back and said, uh, they, we saw giants in the land, the sons of Anak, okay? And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, okay? And so this negative confession, if you remember the story, it literally contaminated all the rest of the people of Israel. Only Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, we are able, we are well able to take this land. You see, in the end, you get the fruit of your lips. In the end, there's, you, you will learn either in a positive way or in a negative way, that there's power in your tongue. I'm here today to tell you, speak out good things. And don't just speak them for a few days. Make uh, a positive confession part of your lifestyle, part of your daily life. Hallelujah. Get up in the morning, say it all day long, go to bed at night. No matter what you're seeing, declare what you want to see. And I tell you, God's going to take those words and put, fill it with creative power. And then you're going to see your dreams and your visions coming to pass to the glory of God and for your betterment and for, for a better future. And if you believe that, then just use your tongue right now and say a big amen. God bless you. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. And we like to finish with an opportunity for people to give their lives to Christ. And if you've never done that before, say these words after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I thank you for a new heart and a new start. Amen. And we believe that you've now been born again. And we encourage you to join a Christ-centered church in your area. God bless you. To acquire more teachings to help you grow in wisdom and grace, check out our website, thegreatmission.org, where you can order paper copies or Kindle versions of inspiring materials, such as, There's a Miracle Coming Your Way. Finally, we would also ask you to consider becoming a partner of TGM, The Great Mission. Through a network of missionary evangelists, we are holding events in Asia, Africa, and South America to get the gospel of grace in word and action to hundreds of families every month. We hold grace festivals where multitudes of needy people have received food parcels and been transformed by the message of God's goodness and grace. By becoming a monthly partner, you can be part of a worldwide harvest of souls. Thanks for your consideration.